Good morning, everyone. This is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky hidden somewhere within the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, November 1st, as we begin a new month here in 2023, November the 1st. Uh, and this is World Events Update with Randy, our standing Wednesday guest. And I know everybody's eager to hear what he has to say, and I think he's going to provide some reflections on our special prophecy night that we uh, had last night with Pastor Cesar Sukar. But before I bring Randy on, I want to uh, give you my usual um, minute from the Word here, just a few thoughts from God's Word and a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first of all, as always, I just feel uh, so grateful for our listeners and your prayers and your support. I just, I don't say it nearly enough, but thank you very, very much. Uh, the encouraging emails uh, and uh, texts and phone calls and things are just such a blessing. I always feel badly because I, I don't have the capacity right now, literally not enough hours in the day to respond to all of your questions. We we do keep those in a folder and as time permits, I'll try to do another Q&A uh, audio recording or try to respond to some of the questions as I can. But that folder is getting larger and larger, and I just feel so badly because uh, I wish, you know, I know you deserve an answer and you want some thoughts on it, and uh, we're just we're just inundated uh, with emails right now uh, as the Lord continues to expand our, our reach. And so we're grateful for that, grateful that new people are coming on board and that we're sharing the gospel everywhere we go. We're in the midst of a real busy upsurge with uh, uh, the opportunity to be guests on other people's shows, as well as having some pretty stellar guests on our show. And I think that's what's part of the reason that we're seeing such a surge in uh, in listeners and emails and phone calls and things. But uh, this week, uh, we've already had a great week. I tell you, the Monday podcast that kicked us off with Lucas Doremus on why Satan wants a global digital ID. If you've not listened to that yet, make time to listen to it. It is a must listen. Uh, all of our guests are fantastic, and all of our podcasts have some, we think, uh, helpful, edifying uh, information. But that one was really uh, powerful. It, it it really spoke to me as we talked about practical ways that you can kind of help avoid being hacked and tracked. And so why Satan wants a global digital ID, that was Monday. Uh, yesterday, we had Mondo Gonzalez on. I love Mondo. And we talked about why Christians should support secular Israel. I hope you'll get a chance to uh, listen to that one. They reposted it on uh, their uh, YouTube channel, the video version of it, and so you can also watch the video if you'd like. Of course, as I mentioned today, we've got Randy. I'll introduce him here in just a moment, but we're not done yet. Tomorrow, we've got Alex Newman. Uh, what a what a scoop that is. I just love Alex to death, a very high-profile uh, conservative uh, investigative journalist uh, coming from a solidly Christian biblical worldview and uh, I'm going to ask him how the global elite influence world leaders. And when I first heard Alex in person at a conference I was attending, I wasn't speaking, uh, he, he immediately struck me as having a kindred spirit with some of the stuff that I've been researching for 20 years about the Luciferian conspiracy. And so we struck up a friendship. We've since shared the platform together at conferences, uh, and we are very like-minded. And so I'd love to get his uh, perspective on the global elite and, and how they are influencing world leaders. And then finally, on Friday, we'll close out the week with my uh, dear friend Don Perkins on Is America in Bible Prophecy? And if you've not heard Don speak before, you want to definitely listen to Friday's podcast. He is a very a popular prophecy speaker. Every time I've spoken at conferences where he's also speaking, which is probably a dozen times, uh, his his sessions are always packed out because people love his heart and he's got outstanding, well-researched material. So that's Friday. But before we uh, dive in, uh, just a couple of announcements. Uh, if you've not listened to the Prophecy Night uh, podcast from last night, we've already posted it. It's already got a couple thousand views, even though it was just late last night that we posted it. Uh, definitely listen to that. Uh, it's audio only at this point. We're trying to get the video to upload, but it's giving us trouble. I think Rumble is, is messing with us. Uh, we've uploaded hundreds and hundreds of videos uh, through the years and never had an issue, but for some reason, they're not liking uh, this one. Uh, but uh, you can listen to the, the audio podcast of last night's Prophecy Night. It was a special edition of uh, Prophecy Night. And uh, we're seeing a, a great response to uh, offering our Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy, as a Kindle book. You know, uh, people were asking us for 
a couple of years now to, to offer my Spirit of the Antichrist books on Kindle. We finally made the time to, to get with Amazon and, and, and start that process. And so they're now live on Kindle. I think it's $9.99 uh, for each book. All of my other books, we've got 12 books, are available in Kindle. But these latest three, The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, and Spirit of the False Prophet, were not until now. And they've been up for just a few days. Uh, you can check that out at Amazon.com. We don't control it. We don't control any much about it other than just giving them the rights to, to sell them. Uh, but uh, I know for some people, first of all, it's cheaper. It's, it's half the price of the print book. But secondly, uh, if you're a digital person and you like to have all your books with you on your Kindle wherever you go, now you can. Uh, so check out Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy uh, on uh, Kindle. All right, let's uh, take a look at Proverbs chapter 1. You know, today's the first day of the month, so I was reading Proverbs 1 earlier uh, this morning, and uh, I, it's it's kind of introducing these wisdom uh, principles that uh, we read throughout Proverbs, mostly from Solomon, but from a few other uh, contributors as well. Uh, but in chapter 1, beginning in verse 20, we read, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. So we're seeing wisdom personified here. Wisdom uh, meaning the truth of God's word, the trustworthiness of God, a, a life that is aligned with God and has a right relationship with God. That's what we're talking about here, seeing life through the lens of our creator and his revealed word. Uh, but it goes on, she, wisdom, cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. And what is it she's saying? We see here, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. This is the Lord speaking, wisdom personified, saying to fools, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you because I have called you, called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also, listen, will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. And those, those two references to terror there really caught my attention since we're in the throes of an upsurge in terrorist attacks, obviously the Hamas attacks on Israel and the threat of terrorist attacks even on our homeland. And so he says, when terror comes upon you like a storm, in other words, these terrorists who have rejected God and in fact are enemies of God are some day going to experience the terror of the Lord God Almighty themselves. And then he goes on, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. It'll be too late. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Instead of fearing God and recognizing who he is and coming to him in faith, they instead chose to use man-made fear and terror uh, to try to um, you know, attack people and uh, hurt people and achieve their own uh, evil agenda and goal. Uh, he goes on, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. In other words, it's not just these aggressive terrorists that are going to face one day the terror of the Lord, but even the simple who listened to them and chose to be deceived by them and didn't follow the Lord, they turned away in their own complacency. By the way, folks, that's where a lot of people are today. They know something's up, but they're looking for answers in all the wrong places. They're not coming to the Lord and to the Word of God, and they're not interpreting uh, these world events through the lens of Scripture. And then he ends out chapter 1 by saying, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Wow, that's exactly what we need to remember uh, today and every day as we see things uh, really unraveling uh, globally, economically, politically, uh, spiritually in the church. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. See, there's a difference between the terror of man and the terror of the Lord. 
Uh, we're not to fear man. Uh, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And uh, so we're not at all to fear man. We're to, to hold our heads high, trust the Lord. Jesus told the disciples in John 14.27 uh, in the upper room discourse, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In other words, people search for peace and try to overcome their fears in all kinds of ways. Uh, they, they do it through chemicals, through drugs, through distractions. Uh, but that's not the kind of peace that God gives through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for our sins and gives us the free gift of eternal life. If we'll simply trust him and him alone for it, we can have true lasting peace, the kind of peace that Paul says passes all understanding. And so he can then say, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Paul said in Romans 8, 15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That's the Holy Spirit who's given at the moment of conversion to every believer. The moment you place your faith in Christ and Him alone for salvation, the moment you come to that place where you decide, you know what, I'm not going to trust in anything and anyone else but Jesus. He's the only one who can save me. In that instant, the Spirit of God takes up residence, and it's that Spirit that allows us to cry out, Abba, Father. Uh, Abba and Father are equivalent terms. Uh, the, the, the word Abba is the Aramaic word for father, and the word uh, father in our English translation is the Greek word pater, translated father. So it's just two different words for father. Sometimes you'll see people say, oh, Abba, Father, that means daddy. Well, that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, basically, it, using both words for father does sort of highlight the intimate relationship that we have with Christ, but uh, but it is as one translator translated it, J.B. Phillips. It's a great translation, by the way. Oh, the old J.B. Phillips translation. By the way, anybody that goes by J.B., you, you know, you, you know, they can be trusted. But anyway, J.B. Phillips paraphrased Abba Father as um, Father, my Father. It's kind of a, a double meaning there. Father, my Father, very intimate. Another scholar translated Abba Father as my Father, my own dear Father, my Father, my own dear Father, and that's what. Paul says we have not the spirit of fear, but uh, the spirit of a, a, a close, intimate relationship with our Lord. So I hope uh, as we turn now to Randy and we hear uh, more about what's going on in the world and things continue to unravel, each new day holds the potential for some unsettling events to happen. Uh, we really are on the cusp of some world-changing uh, events. Uh, but I hope you'll remember the words of Proverbs 1, verse 30. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. So, Randy, thanks for letting me take the time to share those words uh, from the Word, the Word of God. Uh, glad to have you back. Thanks so much for making time for us. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Um, I don't know. After listening to Pastor Sukar last night and you guys discuss his point of view, some of the information he had, uh, put me in a really upbeat and good mood because he just basically concurs with what's going on in the world, what we're thinking, and everybody needs to go back and listen either to the audio or the audio and video if it gets up, but listen to this gentleman because he will give you some insight you will not get otherwise. Now, we always have a section of people that want to know about the red heifers and all of this stuff. So we asked some questions last night. He said the red heifers have passed the test and that they want to sacrifice them next April, their Easter, and that would then permit them to get ready to build the temple. He's excited about it. He knows a lot about it. He also confirmed that they know where the Ark of the Covenant is which we mentioned before, and that is a real head-scratcher for me because I got to tell you what, I've heard it, I believed it, he emphasized it, and now I'm going, if you're a Christian and you're not understanding where we're at right now, we, we should talk because this puts everything in perspective where the world is right now. We are so close to the good Lord coming back that everybody should be just as excited as I am. We have some nasty stuff to go through, but we have hope 
and I'm thinking it's very soon. All right, first thing we're going to do is um, basically debunk some of the stuff that's out in the news. And uh, I always enjoy doing this because the other the Luciferians are getting way out of hand. They think they can slap the mud on the wall and we're all going to believe it. But believe me, I'm watching them very closely. JB is watching them very closely. And so let's talk about a couple of them. If you all remember, there was an aircraft supposedly in one of the Russian republics last week, I believe, that was rushed by a bunch of um, Arabs, Muslims, whatever, who wanted to kill Jews. I'm here to tell you the incident never happened. Hmm. It was staged. It was set up for the press. And no such incident ever happened. There was no Jewish soul on that plane. So understand that you can't believe what they're trying to stir up right now. You have to get to the bottom of it. Um, do your own research. Never believe anything that seems ridiculous or out of sorts. Or if it just doesn't sit right with you, there's probably more to it. Yeah, let, uh, let me let me elaborate on that for just a moment, Land, uh, Randy. Um, you know, one of the things they, they love to do, the Luciferians who are really fomenting all of this and have been kind of targeting this time period right now to, to, to foment World War III for a long, long time. And as I've said uh, in several other venues, I really believe that's what's happening here, is they love to use misinformation to kind of discredit what's really happening. So make no mistake about it. Uh, the Jewish people are under attack. There's a, a, a steep uh, pronounced rise in anti-Semitism, which was already at an all-time high. These horrific terrorists are just, you know, killing people mercilessly. These killing the Jewish women, children, uh, babies, families. They they're just uh, dismembering them. It's just horrific. And so don't. But so what they do then is that they they stage these other events that then are exposed as lies. And then it makes people question, well, maybe this isn't really all that bad for Israel after all. No, it's bad. You better believe it's bad. But what Randy's saying is you've got to really be discerning. You know, 1 John 4, 1 says, test the spirits, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. you got to really be discerning and not hang your hat on any one particular event, but just recognize that there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation uh, being floated out there, and that's by design. Um, but uh, the facts are the facts. We know uh, who the good guys are. We know who the bad guys are here. And don't let some of this misinformation uh, lead you astray. And by the way, while I've got the mic, Randy, I uh, I forgot to mention at the outset here, uh, I want to give you a little bit of a hard time, uh, uh, Grandpa Randy. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we got a, a super nice email uh, at Not By Works from someone that we they wanted us to pass it on to Randy. And I just got, I laughed so hard when I read it. They they said, I just love Randy to death. Of course, we all love Randy. But he, they, she, this person said, I, I picture him as he's giving these podcasts, sitting back like a grandfather in a rocking chair by the fireplace in a flannel shirt, smoking a pipe and just exuding all of this wisdom and so forth. And uh, yeah, so I think we're going to start calling you. Uh, oh, by the way, another another person sent him a note uh, that said he was a little bit, they, they liked his saltiness. So we're going to call you Grandpa Randy, the salty soothsayer. How about that? <laughs> I can think of worse. So <laughs> Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> Um, yeah <laughs> so you know, i totally I distracted you now you have no idea what your train of thought was <laughs> that's okay i i do have a flannel shirt i don't have a pipe i like a cigar once in a while but i've been thinking about trying a pipe maybe i'll see if that works you know <laughs> well, send us a picture we'll post it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and everybody will go wow let's just go back to the video or to the audio yeah, yeah. Some, some people have a voice for radio you know so <laughs> I mean, if I'm yeah. sorry, some people have a face for radio. I blew that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. One of your compadres at church said that one time, and I just looked at him and said, very funny. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> anyway, yes, one must maintain a sense of humor in this time because things are not good. That's for sure. But I do appreciate when you send questions to the pastor or I try to answer them for you. Some of them, um, if they don't fit my expertise, I pass them on and you'll get a reply from somebody else. So it's not that we don't look at them. 
It's just if I don't feel qualified, I may have somebody else address it for you. Anyway, back to the falsehoods being told by the media. Let's go back to the hospital in Gaza that was supposedly hit by an Israeli missile about the second day into the war. Um, this hospital was not hit except for the parking lot. It blew out some windows. It did kill some people, but not 500. And what they forget to tell you, that missile came from Gaza. Now, if you understand the missiles that Gaza are shooting into Israel, they really, once they light these things, they have no idea where they're going. They're just very simple. You could probably put one together in your backyard. So when you hear all of this stuff, just use some discernment and think about it. All right. The, there's going to be a major announcement on Friday by Hezbollah. I believe that this is going to be declaring war on Israel. And I believe that the Iranians will also have something to say about it at that time, too. So right now we have Hamas and we have the Houthis in Yemen basically attacking Israel, as well as some of the Hezbollah and um, some of the other terror groups from Lebanon and Syria. But right now they're not real serious. They're just beginning. But it's going to get stepped up. And according to my sources, this weekend is probably when that is going to happen. You will notice that the FBI, Homes, Homeland Security, and even some of the senators are now telling the American people that you are in danger. Expect an attack on the homeland. Prepare yourself. Now, I don't know where they've been for the last three weeks because we knew this three weeks ago. But anyway, if they're telling you now, you know it's serious. Um Try to try to take advantage of the time you have. Um, there have been VIPs, basically upper military and some business people being shuttled into the bunker in NORAD under Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado. Matter of fact, there were seven aircraft in one day and 10 in another day. So, you know, something's getting ready to happen because they're starting to hide out and they are starting to take precautions themselves. So. They don't care about us. We care about us. Take that as a sign that something is going to be happening happening very, very soon. Hmm. All right. Yemen is now in the battle with Israel. They have declared war against Israel and basically are trying to shoot missiles and rockets into Israel from the Red Sea. The United States has a naval group there that is shooting those down along with the Saudi Arabians, surprisingly. And so far, those have not gotten into Israel. Now, I know people aren't really into the military stuff. Some of you are, some are. Understand that what Hamas uses against Israel are, are they're kind of like fake rockets. They make them up, they put them together, hope they work. When Hezbollah the people in Yemen and some of these other groups get into the mix. They're going to use much larger missiles, much, much more uh, accurate missiles, and it's going to increase the damage unbelievably. Now, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem have both been under fire the last few days. And I think when I lost count, the uh, missile barrage, about 8,000, 9,000 missiles from Hamas, into Israel. Now, the reason I bring that up, it's not that important until we talk about Hezbollah. Hezbollah has between 100 and 150,000 missiles. They say they can launch those within an hour. Now, the Iron Dome, we went over how many that they could take care of. Uh, we know the Patriot systems and everything can take over, but somebody goes ahead and fires 100,000 missiles at a time into Israel, the devastation will be unbelievable. Uh, the deaths will be unbelievable. And you will see uh, a different type of war than what we're having right now. All right. Egypt has been coming to the defense of Israel, surprisingly. But I think their reasoning is they do not want the Palestinians migrating as refugees into their country. So they have they have an entire army waiting at the southern border around Rafa to keep everybody out. Um, nobody wants the refugees. They know their problems. They know that if they have no money, they they don't care what happens to them, and they just want them to stay where they're at. 
um, Hamas is preventing American and other non-Muslim countries refugees from leaving. I think they're going to try to use them as hostages, but they're probably going to find out that's not going to work so well for them. All right. U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq have been attacked 26 times in the last week. Now, the United States basically right now is not involved a lot, right, directly in Israel with Hamas, but they are making attacks based on what happens in Syria and Iraq. Now, remember, Syria and Iraq basically are using the militias from Iran. Uh, Iran has a Republican Guard down in Iraq and parts of Syria, but they are not engaged in the war at this time. These are the militias they support. Now, we have about a thousand soldiers in the bases in Iraq and Syria. Now, I don't know if you know what they're there for, but basically they are there to protect the oil fields because the United States has been siphoning off oil from them for a long time. It's not legal. It's illegal. Syrian's government has said, get out, but we keep them right there. Now, the problem is with these thousand soldiers, um, I look at them as probably being bait. We want Iran. We want Syria getting in here full-fledged so we can attack both of those countries and uh, accomplish some goals the United States has had for a long time. I don't believe you will ever see a ground war with the United States against Iran because, frankly, we don't have a ground force we could get there to do that. So understand, most of this is going to be Israel and Iran, Syria, Lebanon, the other states they're involved. This is not what, what the war is about by any means. The, uh, the war is going to intensify many times if indeed Hezbollah declares war against Israel. They have already said that they will hunt down the Jews anywhere in the world. They equate the Americans with the Jews, and they will make no differentiation between the two, and um, they are vicious. They uh, will take no prisoners. Uh, they will make Hamas look like the little kids in the playground. So if they get involved, everybody, everywhere that's American or Jewish needs to take note of that. All right. The, we have talked about this a couple months ago, that the war hit, the missiles in uh, North Dakota, Montana, Nebraska, Colorado, we're, we're moving in some new missiles there. They're also upgrading these missiles to contain three warheads instead of one. So we're going from 400 missiles to actually 1,200. Now, you don't go to the cost and you don't go to the trouble to provide that kind of an upgrade unless you have something in mind. Hmm. Same way with the um, Ohio-class submarines, the Virginia-class submarines, those warheads are being increased. And now we have more ships in the Mediterranean, in the Persian Gulf, and over by the... Um, South China Sea that we've had since World War II. There are 71 U.S. ships in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, these include carriers, cruisers, destroyers, tenders, submarines. The submarines are Ohio class, which means they carry 154 Tomahawk, Tomahawk missiles that are nuclear armed. There are two of those in the Mediterranean. There is one of those over in the South, South China Sea there is another one up by Japan. Now, we have ballistic submarines also in the Red Sea, moving into the um, Persian Gulf. The Iranians have said, we are going to shut down the Strait of Hormuz. And the Navy, U.S. Navy, is moving in to say, no, you will not. Hmm. Now, a large amount of oil goes through the Strait of Hormuz. If they close that, you will see oil prices, gasoline prices skyrocket. There will be no supply, and what little supply you'll be able to get from wherever will be so expensive, you cannot afford it. All right. The United States, like I said, has very limited presence in Israel at this time, but they do have special forces. U.S. special forces, along with Israeli special forces, 
went into the northern part of Gaza the other day, and they were ambushed. And a bunch of the Americans and the Israelis were killed and severely injured. Uh, you haven't heard that on the news yet, but you will shortly. I can assure you that that is factual. I can assure you that we are involved more on the ground in different places than you can believe. Last night, I watched the United States send in B-1 bombers to our airbase in Turkey. Now, all of the preppers are going, oh, look, they're going to load those bombs and be ready for an attack. No, they are getting in there, taking the 50 nuclear bombs that we have and getting out because... Turkey, with Mr. Erdogan, has now declared the Israeli state an enemy. They want them wiped from the planet. Uh, Mr. Erdogan has a fleet of 100 ships en route to the Mediterranean. And when they get to the Mediterranean with the British and American ships that are already there, uh, it's going to get very interesting. His little navy has absolutely no chance against the United States or British Navy. So it's going to be interesting if he is bluffing, he stays out of the Mediterranean, or he gets in there. But he is now full-fledged against Israel, and I would look for him to probably be expelled from NATO sometime in the next few months. Hmm. NATO is not making a stand against Israel. Matter of fact, they're trying to help them. Mr. Erdogan is now basically showing his true colors. We see that he's aligned with Russia and with China. And he is not a friend to anybody. He considers himself the head of the Sunni uh, Muslims in the world and believes that he has to lead the way and show them how to do this. So if you're looking at the wars in the Bible, Turkey, Iran, and Russia are very, very important to follow because Turkey could be part of the Psalm 83 war or whatever war this is. They're also going to be in the Gog-Magog war. Now, Pastor Sukar last night addressed that fact where he believes that the Gog-Magog war is, I believe, six or seven years away yet. Yeah, I think he said I, seven or eight, the, the full throttle yeah. of it, yeah. I don't know if it's that far. It may be. It, it's hard to tell now because there's such a jumble of stuff going on that it could be that far. It could be a lot closer. I have no idea. But I do know it is starting to unfold. And within the next few months, we're going to know exactly where we're at. And I think it's going to be a surprise for many, many people. Yeah, let me let me give you my thought on that. And I talked about this sure. last night with him just briefly when that came up. Uh, I mean, he's a hard guy to even begin to to, to question because he's just so kind hearted and he's got so much deep Intel. I mean, he's got, he, he was high up in the uh, military uh, establishment there. I can't say more than that, but, um, but I just, I just don't see it playing out quite the way he does. Um, he definitely agrees that this is a, the beginning of a surge that will not simmer down between now and the return of uh, Christ or the, the the tribulation period, which precedes the return of Christ at the second coming. Um, but he seems to be thinking that we're going to be still several years away from uh, the Northern Alliance in Ezekiel 38 uh, coming down against Israel. Uh, obviously, we're all speculating. Nobody knows for sure. Only God knows the timetable. Uh, but uh, I, I agree with you, Randy. I, I have a hard time seeing that it's going to be quite that long. But, you know, there is this tendency in the throes of a crisis to to speed up time. I've talked about it a lot recently. The the abnormalcy bias, where we just think the sky is falling and it's going to collapse tomorrow. So I I get that, and I'm trying to kind of be objective and sensitive to that. But I feel like, um, and maybe I'm being shaded partly by my understanding of the Luciferian timeline, which they've clearly telegraphed to us uh, of being you know 2025, 20, 2030 20, in that time frame. Uh, so. Who knows? Uh, but like you said, in due time, it sure seems like all of these things will coalesce together and we'll have a clearer picture. Exactly. Um, you know, while we're watching everything build up in the Middle East, you know, we're watching the arms and ammunition and personnel being taken from the United States, being put over into the um, Middle East. Uh, not a lot has supposedly happened in your, happening in Ukraine, but we'll get to that in a second. I watched, uh, you can get Flight Radar 24 is what it's called, and I watched 50 
um, U.S. Air Force C-17s, which are big transport planes, go to Israel in one day. Hmm. Now, I don't know how many we have, but that's got to be a large amount of them. I know that we're getting supplies there as fast as we can because the Israelis are running out of ammunition. They're running out of missiles for the Iron Dome. Uh, the Iron Dome is a good system, like we've talked before, but it cannot keep up with what's coming. And if Hezbollah gets involved, um, we're going to have to see God step in so that Israel is not annihilated. There is just no doubt about that. All right. Foreign countries are expanding their gold purchases, as we've talked about before. But last month, the central banks purchased 337 tons of gold. That is more than they have purchased in the same time period for many, many, many years. Now, this leads me to where I want to go with the United States. The United States supposedly has a large gold supply, gold reserve. We're supposedly doing really well, according to Jerome Powell, uh, Mrs. Yellen, et cetera. But here's, here's my problem. And I pass this by our financial people. All right, the United States has all of this gold, and they have a book value of $42.22 an ounce. Now, gold is now selling, when I looked at this, at $1,998.60 an ounce. Why would you undervalue your supply of gold? Well, I took a look at this. And if we go at the $42.22 an ounce, we have 11 42,337,635.30 worth of gold. If you take it on today's price, it is 511,677,131,759 dollars. Now, why would you not give a true accounting unless you have no gold? It leads me to believe that Fort Knox and probably the Federal Reserve contain no gold. I mean, that's Otherwise, been one of the conspiracies forever since I first started researching all this. It, you know, it's it's right up there with a lot of the other mainstream uh, conspiracies. And, and by the way, even using the term conspiracy, people immediately have a negative a connotation of that because of the CIA mind control program where they weaponized the term conspiracy theory way back in the 60s. We documented that in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, showing the leaked document and uh, the, the exact verbiage from the document. They invented the term conspiracy theory and, and used it uh, to to be a negative attack term. Um so anytime now you use the term conspiracy, people always assume something negative, but a conspiracy just means two or more people working together to commit a crime, usually in secret. And most federal cases uh, that are brought uh, have the term conspiracy in the title. So it's a legitimate term. And so this idea of the conspiracy surrounding the gold in Fort Knox has been around quite a while. And I, everything that I've researched has uh, certainly led me to believe it's most likely a true conspiracy. Um, why won't they let us uh, in there to see? Why won't they audit it? Uh, now, someone did email me recently and, and tell me that they work at one of the other uh, vaults and that they have firsthand knowledge that there was gold in some of them. Uh, but uh, who knows? I mean, Fort Knox, there's a lot of evidence that says that, that thing is a big echo chamber. Well, the thing is, why would you undervalue your stock if indeed it was true, right? Why is Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan selling a million shares of his stock in J.P. Morgan? He's buying low. He's going to sell high because at $139.03, he's going to make $139 million on that sale of a million shares. Hmm. Now, he has 8 million shares, so maybe it's not a big deal. But if I was in the government, banking industry or whatever, I'd be looking at that very carefully going, he knows something we don't know. We know Warren Buffett has gotten out of the stocks and the computer chips in Taiwan. What does he know? We do not know, right? And why, if we're doing so well, why is the Treasury borrowing $776 billion in the fourth quarter? 
I mean, we have all these trillions of dollars coming in, but yet we're borrowing hundreds of billions. Uh, This makes no sense to me whatsoever. So we know the economy is on the edge. We're either going to be going CBDC faster than you can whistle, or they're going to um, nationalize it, take it under the uh, War Production Act of 1950, and they're going to own it all. I don't know for sure which, but one of the two is coming and coming rapidly. All right. Mike Johnson, our new Speaker of the House, said he is going after Biden and he wants to have him impeached within the next week or two. Now, we'll wait and see if it's all talk or if he actually has something going for him. Um, Seems like a stellar man. And those always worry me when they're that polished and they're that great looking. Um, I tend to suspect that maybe things are not as they're showing us. Well, you're now, Grandpa, you're you're right on target with that. Um, <laughs> I told you I was going to start calling you that. Um, I know, I know. No, I tell you what, I, you know, what people need to ask themselves, because I'm getting a lot of emails from people, you know, Mike Johnson, he's great. Just ask yourself, how do you know that? Most people like me, I'll confess, really didn't even know the name Mike Johnson until he was chosen to be the fourth, fifth or sixth or twelfth. I forget which candidate he was for the speaker in that theater, that great screenplay that they just uh, pulled off. Um, and so the only way you would even know that he's a so-called godly Christian man who's out you know, serving the Lord and a prayer warrior and a Bible reader is because that's what the mainstream media told you. So, uh, you know, until you've had the chance to really research it and not just gobble up what you're being told uh, and what you're supposed to think, uh, you know, I would keep I would keep it at bay. I wouldn't uh, assume anything. You're right, and and I love the way you said it, Randy. He seems like, based on again what they're telling you, that you know what we're supposed to think about him is that he's a great guy. He's a godly Christian guy. Um, but I don't believe so, and I have uh, some reasons to think that. Uh, I would just encourage you to do your own research. Um, as I've said you know, in my message on Saturday on how to interpret the news, this is a perfect opportunity to employ some of those principles that I, that I gave Saturday. Um, things are not usually as they appear. The, the president, the Supreme Court, the Senate, and most of Congress is completely controlled. So you have to ask yourself, why do they want you to think this about him? Or uh, even if he's legit, why did they pick him? It's not all. It's not organic. You know, this is all for a reason. There's a plan being unfurled. So why him? And maybe, just maybe, it's an attempt uh, to gather in all of the right-wing conservative evangelicals once again into the system to make them think, yes, we have a voice, and this guy will change the world, and he'll get rid of Biden. Biden's not the enemy, and Mike Johnson is not the hero. Forget it. Those are just actors on a stage. Uh, you need to look beyond that and see who's really uh, pulling the strings. Uh, I agree. I wish Biden was out of there. He's a nutcase and he's an embarrassment and he's not our friend, but that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, it's not about Democrat, Republican. It's about who the Luciferians uh, are using as their latest pawn. So there's my rant uh, for the day. Forgive me. Well, I got to tell you what, though, I agree completely because the last time somebody came out of nowhere, which would be Mr. Obama, we all know how that ended up, don't we? Mm-hmm. He didn't turn out to be the saving grace we thought he would be. He started the country into a spiral downward that continues to this day. So when it's too good to be true, it probably is. All right. The BRICS and OPEC nations are going to vote on an oil embargo against Israel. And um, Turkey says no oil for the United States or for Israel. So, you know, they're going to play that card sooner or later. I don't know if they're going to try to do it smoothly or if we're going to get into a shooting war, Strait of Hormuz, whatever. But understand that is coming. Um Netanyahu said, this is not a time for peace. This is a time for war. Our U.S. Congress is right behind him. Same thing. They're not taking a look at what this is going to do to the Middle East, what it's going to cause for problems in the United States. We simply cannot afford this war and the war in Ukraine. This will bring us to our knees even faster than what we were going before. Unfortunately, um, this might be the last war we're able to finance, period, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. The um, 
U.S. Air Force, just to show you what kind of trouble the military is in, um, they're not able to enlist the personnel that they need. The U.S. Air Force was the first one to go down this road, but they changed their enlistment age from 18 to 39 to 17 to 42. If that doesn't work, I think you're going to be looking a draft square in the eye. The Army is short. The Navy is short. The Marines are short. Uh, we don't have enough fighting forces now. So you Generation Zs and some of the Millennials, um, it's time to step up to the plate. Because once the draft starts, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Um, I know in my time what our decisions were going to be. Um, but start thinking about it now because that time is coming and very soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned abnormalcy bias a moment ago, but let's not forget about normalcy bias, which is an actual thing. I, I coined the phrase abnormalcy bias. I'm not sure if if if, if it's a, a real term, but normalcy bias absolutely is a real term. And, you know, there was a time when I don't think any of us could conceive, and maybe you're still there, of reinstituting the draft. It just seems like a different world today. It's all technology. It's it's fighting a war from a joy with a joystick and a cubicle, uh, drones and tech, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So it just seems just like we, you know, for most of us, we've never been been around when there was a draft. And it just seems hard to to imagine. But that's where you you have to break free from that normalcy bias and recognize things could deteriorate very rapidly. I don't know if there's going to be a draft or not, but it it is very plausible to me if this thing becomes a global conflagration with you know fronts on four or five different uh, con you know continents and, and places. Uh, man, this thing could absolutely go haywire, and uh, you know they're going to need uh, people. It still takes. Uh, manpower, not necessarily soldiers with guns, uh, that's a big part of it, but it takes manpower to execute a war, especially one uh, that is uh, so so widespread if it becomes that. So I tell you what, we need to be in deep prayer for uh, this whole situation, uh, praying that uh, somehow cooler heads prevail uh, or God intervenes or uh, somehow, because it's not going to be pretty if this thing becomes what many have feared and predicted for a long time, uh, World War III. I agree. You know, I'm old enough being the grandpa I am. <laughs> I remember the Vietnam War. I remember Desert Storm. I remember all of that. The Vietnam War, those poor people came back. They were spit upon. They were jeered they were treated like scum then we get desert storm and they're treated like heroes the problem is we've all been dumbed down looking at desert storm with all of the troops and everything that took place and how short it was it looked like a big video game people do not understand what war is people will die they will come back maimed if we get into a war um culture and economy you won't be able to go out to eat when you want to. You won't be able to buy tires when you want to. Gasoline will be rationed. Most people have never been through that. So there's an eye opener coming for America that um, they have no idea. They mm. just have no idea. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I mean, tell us what it was like, uh, you know, uh, for the Battle of the Marne back in World War One. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, my grandfather was barely old enough for that. He never <laughs> went to that war, so I couldn't tell you. But I've studied enough of World War II. I could probably give you a, a really good rundown on some of those battles. Yeah. But no <laughs> uh, I'm a grandfather, not a great grandfather or great great grandfather. So we yeah, don't want to yeah. take that too far because otherwise I'll be going out of here looking for my vitamins when we're done with this. <laughs> Some of the things that have happened in the United States. All right. The University of Oregon the other day had a bomb threat, a bomb threat last week and an actual explosion this week. I'll let you go or I'll let you let you think about who you think that was. There was a Jewish senator threatened by a 43 year old in Nevada, threatened to kidnap, assault and murder him. Um, we've had a shooter out in Glenwood Springs. Um, at an amusement park. He is heavily armed. He has explosives. Looks like he had plans, but they say he committed suicide. And I'm going, why would he commit suicide? Yeah, that Our one was, that was here in Colorado. That one was pretty uh, significant to me. Um, 
because you know he existed we have evidence that it was real they really did find his body he was heavily armed had bombs all kinds of stuff on it um but let me just mention how you know one way that this works with the luciferians they have used controlled assassins think jason Bourne and that whole franchise uh for decades it's a real part of warfare they don't like to admit it but it's well documented uh they actually do have controlled assassins and a lot of these mass shootings uh it can't came out later that they were controlled by the cia they have a handler and but they're not perfect they you know if they say the wrong thing or if they have a breakdown uh they can you know not follow instructions so in most cases they program these people to go in shoot a bunch of people and then kill themselves dead men tell no tales and then they blame it on a lone wolf and they say he was mentally ill or he was under you know duress or you know so they have some reason for it but it's it many times not always again there are real bad people out there that do real bad things on their own but a lot of it far more than most people think are controlled assassins so when you find a guy like this the first thing that comes into my mind is was he one of those and something went awry uh or was he just you know a quote regular bad guy if we could use that phrase uh who got cold feet and decided nah, i'm not going to do this and he just ended it all uh who knows either one is 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 possible for sure but you need, you need to be aware that uh the there is a real threat out there from uh, controlled assassins. The, the late Russ Dizdar talked about this quite a bit, um, and uh, you know they they are a formidable foe. It's the, the depths of evil uh, that have been perpetrated upon just the American people alone uh, by the rogue elements of our government who are complicit, uh, you know, with the, the Luciferians uh, is really far beyond what most people think. Well, and the problem is they want to take away the rights of the legitimate, honest gun owners, but law enforcement knew about this gentleman out in Glenwood Springs for a month before he actually did anything. Our little shooter in Maine, um, you know, he's he's evading them and then they find him committed suicide in a semi-trailer. All right, the FBI knew about him. The army had warned law enforcement that this guy should not have a gun. And supposedly they went to his door one time, he wasn't home, and they never looked for him again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's going on? I, I'm with you. I do not believe that this is happenstance. I believe there is a plan. And unfortunately, I think that law enforcement is covering some of it up. Yeah, I mean, and that main guy, you know, they had not only did they find him in this uh, uh, storage uh, box, this contain this container on this uh, property, they had searched that property uh, before. And then my understanding, uh, and, and I could have this wrong, but from what I remember reading, the owner uh, called them back and said, hey, you missed a few. There's some some places back here in the back that you didn't search when you searched. And they searched those and that's where they found him in an unlocked uh, container. So that that's a little strange uh, to me, but again, it could be just a, just a nut, a nut case guy that just, you know, decided to start shooting, but you always have to ask the question and it's not that far fetched. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand is that it's, it's, it's to the point where it's actually more plausible that these are controlled assassins than just a lone, a, a so-called lone wolf, but they, they, they love to, uh, even if it's, even if it's organic, right. Uh, going back to Machiavelli, which I quote in my book, and then and then the famous Rahm Emanuel quotes, and and many other people have quoted it through the through the centuries. But the idea of never letting a uh, a crisis go to waste, they will take advantage of these organic situations and use them to further their agenda, which in this case is to uh, take to disarm the citizenry. Well, there is in the underbelly of the world, there are some really interesting creatures. I'm not even going to call them people because I don't think they qualify. Well, let's go back to the John Bonet killing back in the 1990s. All right. It happens on New Year's Eve. The police are called. They make a complete canvas of the house. They leave. One officer is there. John Bonet's father goes downstairs, walks back up immediately with her body. Now, how, how did those police miss that unless somebody else just happened to move it around? bring it back you know you yeah, just you were, can't be anything you hear you were it i don't i don't remember if you were involved directly in the investigation or you know people who were but you're you're pretty well versed in that whole 
that whole investigation, correct? With your private. Well, I had met their, I had met John Bonet's parents years before. Mm-hmm. I was in Omaha. They were in Omaha, and I believe there was some kind of a claim. I worked with them, and I met them then. And frankly, they gave me the EBGBs then. <laughs> and I've looked into a lot of it. I've got a lot of friends in law enforcement. Um, there's some cover up going on. There's some satanic rituals that were going on. Um, you tie it right into the Franklin Credit Union and everything else. Mm. So when you go to sleep at night, just understand you're better off not knowing any of this. Yeah, now uh, would be a good time to reiterate Proverbs 130. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Because you start talking Franklin cover-up and satanic ritual abuse. Now you're getting into chapter 13 of, of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume 2, which was the hardest chapter of any uh, book I've ever written. And it uh, it lays it out there, folks. Kind of scary, God brought you and I together, huh? I know. I tell you what, with with your wisdom, your age, and your looks, we make a good team. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, it's going to be this grandpa. I'm going to I'm going to color my hair green and wear <laughs> lipstick next time. All right. Anyway, Israel has been removed from the Chinese maps. The uh, Chinese said we're not racist and we're we have nothing against Israel, but you're just not on our maps anymore. So I mean, who believes that? All right. Hezbollah and Iran have told Israel that they will cease operations in Gaza by Friday morning or else. So when everybody here wakes up on Friday morning, expect the worst. Don't 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 make yourself nuts, but be aware of things that are happening. Make sure you know that um, things things could happen and you might be the first one to see it. Um. Let's see about the last thing I've got. The Chinese uh, were the first to do this, but they have bought a hundred million barrels of oil, I believe, in yuan instead of in the petrodollar, basically the United States dollar. So the petrodollar is done. The other countries will be doing the same thing. They've basically got it okayed with the BRICS nations, with the OPEC nations, and really we're not gonna we're not gonna have a lot of value to a lot of these countries. Um, The Chinese have purged in the last eight months a half a million officials in their country for corruption. Now, if we started that in the United States, a half a million would be a start. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know how far it would go, but there would be many, many more. And um, all I can say is every week we get to talk. It could be the last time we do get to talk, but know that the good Lord's got it under control. We don't know what his plan is. Um, I know there will be suffering. There will be death, etc. But we're assured of our salvation, and we're going home. Now, one thing that came across during the podcast, um, be on the lookout for um, shopping carts that are filled with bags. These are, they're suspected of being filled with bomb materials. Um, A lot of them they're looking at, they don't have a warrant, so they can't search them yet, but they're appearing in all of the big cities and many different places in the cities. And it looks like a shopping cart just sitting right out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of bags piled in it. And then there's a square box underneath the bags. Hmm. Now, let's go back to the train that's missing. What were there, 30,000, 60,000 pounds of fertilizer? Uh, That would make a lot of bombs in grocery carts, right? Mm -hmm. So the FBI and Homeland Security are getting a little bit nervous. So if you see one, run and then call somebody. Does it say uh, where, what what regions, what part of the country? um, All the big cities, Chicago, New York, California. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only place they are. But that's where they're finding them right now. Yeah, and I was—that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. I had not heard that, but it's—it uh, makes sense because in you know we're we're from a pretty rural area, both of us, so different parts of the mountains. But uh, you know, in bigger cities, especially the major cities, it's not at all uncommon to see shopping carts everywhere because the uh, homeless use them kind of as their way way they where they store their stuff. So um, 
So that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, anything's possible. You got to, got to, as you've said many times, keep your head on a swivel. And as my father says, uh, keep the powder dry, you know, so. Exactly. Uh, well, North Korea this morning started calling all of their embassy staff back to North Korea. Hmm. All of them, ambassadors, wait staff, cook staff, etc. When somebody does that, you know, something is up. Oh yeah. No, that's, there's a lot of data points here. Uh, but again, uh, you know, I refer back to something I talked about on a podcast last week. Uh, we've got a job to do. We've got to continue to be faithful, serve the Lord, share the gospel, uh, encourage folks to to get our uh, gospel tracks. In fact, before I share, I wanted to sh close out with a couple of quick uh, comments. Or anything else from you, uh, Randy? Nope. I think that's pretty much keep everybody awake for another week. Amen. Amen. Now, now, speaking of being awake, so now it's, you can go take your nap, Grandpa. And uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to look for look for a pipe and some good tobacco first. There you go. There you go. Now, I, I think I've got enough mileage out of that. But it was a funny it was a funny uh, email. And Landry, Randy and I both got a good kick out of it. Well, folks, as I was saying, you know, these are the, not the times to cower in fear, as we talked about at the uh, outset of the program today. God's Word uh, gives us plenty uh, to rejoice about and to be confident in and to trust in Him. Uh, you know, we certainly should never fear death. Death's already been defeated. It was the last enemy to, defeat, to be defeated. For the believer, death is precious in the sight of the Lord because it just simply is a golden key that unlocks the riches of eternity. It's, it's just... Um, in an instant, we find ourselves in the presence of the Lord, if you know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, well, then absolutely, uh, you're still in bondage to death and sin, and you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, who alone can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life. He died in your place on the cross. He was your substitute. He took your place at Calvary, paid for your sins, rose from the dead, and now He's offering you the gift of eternal life, but you have to receive it by trusting in Him, by acknowledging your faith in Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll do that uh, today. But for those of us who, who know the Lord, uh, I want to encourage you to, to redeem the time, because indeed the days are evil, and spend time uh, talking about the Lord with other people. So we've got the, the Good News Gospel tracks, and very grateful for all of you who have purchased those uh, from our website uh, uh, to, to, to give them away. Uh, you know, we had one person buy 400 of them, and I just was rejoicing when I saw that order come through, because I thought, Praise God, they're going to give them out everywhere. So those are just handy little tracks that explain the gospel. You can give them out in a variety of contexts. But we also have a new uh, product. It's actually not brand new. We had it for years, and then we stopped uh, using them for a number of years uh, while we were in transition, but we've we've kicked it back off again. I reconnected with the guy who makes these, but these are handmade wooden cross puzzles, uh, and uh, you can check them out on our website, but they're really a handy little way to share the gospel. It comes with a little booklet that I wrote with it, a little uh, track that comes with specifically with the cross puzzle, but it's a unique, unique way to explain to people that salvation cannot be earned. You cannot work for it. You have to know the answer, and of course, the answer when it comes to salvation is Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for our sins. But these are really, really cool. We we uh, premiered them at our last uh, trip when we were speaking at Prophecy Watchers in Oklahoma and down, and, and down at that conference in Texas. And uh, to my amazement, we sold out. I mean, we weren't really sure what the response would be. We brought fifty of them, sold out, and had to you know you know order more. So we've we've got them in stock now. You check it out. It's not uh, something that. Maybe uh, everyone is interested in, but I, I think if you read about them on our uh, online store, it could be just the very thing that you can use. You set it, uh, you know, on your coffee table, or you keep it in your pocket. Maybe it's not that large; you can keep it in your pocket or your purse, and uh, and you bring it out when you have the opportunity to explain to people uh, what we've been passionate about here at at NBW Ministries, and that is that salvation is not by works. NBW, you have to know the answer, and uh, it's a pretty clever little. A little tool. So uh, check that out. Uh, and uh, also want to mention we're it's it's a November already, so it's time to start pr promoting some of our upcoming conferences. And we will be in uh, Dallas for the annual pre-trib conference, uh, the pre-trib research center uh, conference. Uh, that conference is December fourth through the sixth. And uh, I'm privileged to be speaking there again this year. Uh, let me see who some of the other uh, speakers are. We've got Dr. Andy Woods will be speaking, Dr. Randall Price. He's been on our program. Um, you've got Mike Vlock, uh, Lee Brainerd, Olivier Melnick, 
Dave Reagan, Arnie Fruchtenbaum. I mean, praise the Lord. What a great lineup. Jeff Kinley is the banquet speaker for the conference. So you definitely want to get your tickets early and get, if you're going to stay in the hotel there, it's at the, the Sheraton DFW there in Dallas uh, that, that sells out every year. So uh, check it out. You can follow the link at our website under our events tab, or we've got a highlight banner in our highlight carousel. The conference theme this year is answering the critics. And we're all going to be talking about uh, defending uh, the pre-tribulational view of scripture. So great conference. So check that out. It's December 4th through the 6th in Dallas, Texas. Well, Randy, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks everyone. Uh, for listening. Uh, we're just midway through the week. Don't forget tomorrow. Tomorrow we've got uh, Alex Newman talking about how the global elite influenced the world, uh, influenced world leaders in particular. And then Friday is Don Perkins, Is America in Bible Prophecy? We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Reach out at notbyworks.org if we can ever help with anything. Have a great week.